This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. She is the head coach of esports at Masai University. She's the newsletter editor at TED Talk. She's the content manager at PlayStation Competition Center. Man, she does it all. This is the one, the only, Theresa Gaffney. Theresa, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Sebastian. I love the intro. Feeling, feeling loved up here. I'm glad to talk esports <laughs> gaming or whatever you want today. Oh, man, we got lots to talk about. So I'm glad to have you on the show. But for the people who might not know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Yeah, I come from a very long esports background. I'm currently working in esports as the coach at Messiah University in central Pennsylvania. I started working collegiate esports in 2011 as a writer and then moved quickly up to editor and then editor in chief at a burgeoning tournament outlet. The Collegiate Star League ended up taking off from there, one of the very first providers of tournaments for college students. So that was great. I got a lot of experience working with 
pros, amateurs, done everything from a random podcast with Hungry Box about Smash to writing just articles about your local StarCraft players. So it was a very cool experience. Um, in 2018, I moved on to a mix of freelance work and working at Harrisburg University for their startup varsity program. They had a fully funded first in the nation program, did some social media work for them there, and then eventually went on and decided, hey, do I want to go back to school and be a counselor? Because there's a large part of me that wanted to do that when I was younger. And I had that opportunity when I was reevaluating in 2019 and just jumped into it. So that's how I met Messiah University because I went to go get my degree there. And then they were looking within the first month of me starting my degree, they were looking for an esports coach. And he said, hey, I heard you like esports. I said, yes, what do you want to do? And they hired me. So I've been there since. And that's been my journey there. I also write for the PlayStation Competition Center here and there. There's been a lot of content I've done around like Mortal Kombat. And yeah, I also freelance edit for the, the tech conferences company that runs TED Talks. And yes, I am a, a, East, a counselor, not an esports coach only at Messiah. So I got to give some love there. I did go to school and get my degree and I pull some hours at the school doing counseling. So that's my life right now. <laughs> that's quite a fulfilling life you got a lot on the agenda there and the day by days i bet it's like a long day every day yeah it's long but i sometimes i make my own hours and <laughs> as sports happens at all hours of the day so sometimes mm -hmm. i'll have a later start like monday maybe i went in at 10 o'clock instead of eight o'clock so it really just depends i like it that way oh that's cool that's cool so what are your top five games of all time Okay, so I told myself this would be based on the minute because that can answer differently at a time of day even for me. But top five games series or are we going for singular titles? You can do, if you have one that's a part of the series, you can do the series if you can't, if you can't do a series, like a singular title. Okay, I'm going to go with series because it's really hard and it'll be faster <laughs> this way. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go with Final Fantasy the series. Okay. If I were to pick out one, it'd be hard. Probably nine. Just have a really good relationship with the story in that game. Civ Civilization is a great grand strategy game. Played the hell out of Civ two and four, particularly Yakuza series. I think maybe zero might be my favorite, but uh, whatever. The whole thing is amazing. That's the third one. The Witcher series, but definitely Witcher 3. I just had an amazing time oh, yeah. with that in general. And the Persona series, Persona 5 is amazing. Obviously changed a lot of lives, but good relationship with 4 as well. Need to replay that and really feel to see if there is a better... If that wins out now that I've more played other games in that series. So I'm not mentioning any esports because i feel like that's a different part of my life Top five games that are non-esports okay okay that's cool that's cool so out of the persona games who's your favorite protagonist out of the three four and five it's gonna like you're always put projecting yourself onto mm -hmm. these characters in a large part i guess joker because the styling is too slick I like mm -hmm. that kind of like slick jacket look so i'm even wearing one today probably joker he's also op sometimes when you play yeah. smash i don't know <laughs> i'll go with joker <laughs> yeah i got you i got you so for all the listeners who want to know what type of gamer you are what consoles do you play on are you more of a pc gamer i'm a pc gamer because most esports titles really 
thrive on the PC. And like Overwatch is a game I play a ton, even though it's like I'm not putting it like top five. It's definitely that's a separate world sort of thing. But I play it all the time. I play that on PC. But I play PS5 a lot right now. And that's just because I've been doing that deep dive into the uh, series like since the beginning of this year. So I've put so much into that uh, console. I also write for PlayStation occasionally. So I feel like I'm bought in. But I play my <laughs> Switch a lot too. So it's like sometimes neck and neck depending on the seri- series or the time. So maybe in 2020 or 21, it was a little bit more Switch because I was playing the ports of like Final Fantasy I could get on the Switch. I was playing Animal Crossing. I was playing Splatoon. So right now it's PlayStation, but maybe next year it'll swing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be one of the people who play like Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? I might. I think my husband might play more than I do, though. So what's nice is, like, I can sit there and watch him play some games if I don't feel like playing them. So I feel like a passive consumer. And that's comfortable (laughs) because when I grew up, my cousins, my older cousins would be the ones playing games. And sometimes if I couldn't play them, I'd just watch it. So there's some things I let him play. I gotcha. So with you being a PC gamer, but also liking the Switch, do you see yourself getting the Steam Deck in the future? I have curiosity about it but not so much of an interest to purchase it yet i feel like i have enough equipment on a dedicated pc however there's that something might tempt me and that's because my husband and i were joking about like how we've played all these oblivion skyrim morrowind mm-hmm. games and we haven't played them together and that we don't want to play it streaming on the playstation like now or whatever it is hmm. a streaming service yeah the ps yeah, the quality isn't as good as playing it straight from your PC. So maybe the Steam Deck could solve that. Like we we like playing on a big TV. So maybe we'll get the deck for something like that or for playing with friends. We, we I don't know. But I I dropped like $600 on the PlayStation 5 plus an accessory <laughs> to the so I'm like oh. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing you have to drop another 5 to 600 dollars on. Yeah. I completely understand. I completely understand. So what in so with all the things that you're doing now whether it be writing whether it be coaching whether it be like your work and guiding as a mentor for like all the like kids that you work with what avenue do you say takes up the most of your time it's probably going to be esports if my job at the university is a dual role position which means basically it's two jobs maybe mm-hmm. a full-time job and it's supposed to be 50 50 but it's never elegantly 50-50. I definitely put more time into esports because it, there's a lot of after hours and weekend stuff. There's a lot of planning that only I can do. And that's not the boast. That's just to say I run that program. So I have to do it. So I spend a lot of time there. There's a lot of upkeep with relationships in esports that I try to do. I have to keep in touch with others. I like my freelance work and that does take up the extra time I have. But Counseling is in the middle. I, you have to really dedicate yourself when you have clients. Esports takes the most time. In the middle is counseling, and my freelance work comes at the rest of that time. I guess would be the the spread there. <laughs> so what's a what's your favorite game you've ever written about? Ever written favorite favorite game I've ever written about? It's hard, but I'm gonna say StarCraft Two, only because that's my foray into gaming writing for me and i really it was hard to write about but it was the most giving because i learned the most from that process just so much about interviewing people so much about how to communicate what happens in a game and i think that would be the most giving second would be mortal Kombat. what i've written with playstation a lot of coverage on that 
seen there in terms of player guides or even player interviews. Those are top two in my mind. Okay, so on the Mortal Kombat side, who's your main? My main? I am not as good a player as I would <laughs> like to be, but Johnny Cage would be one I tend to go back to historically a lot. I don't know why I have this love-hate relationship with that man, but I don't <laughs> Johnny Cage. And I have a funny story about that because when I was younger, my mom on the PlayStation, uh, not PlayStation, Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. she would play the trilogy with us. And I don't know why she played Mortal Kombat. Like, she didn't like these kind of games, but she <laughs> liked just playing games with us. And she'd always make fun of me for picking Johnny Cage. And she would pick like, the most ridiculous characters. Who She would Sindel or something. What? And she would like, slap me with Sindel. Mm-hmm. And, and I somehow... For, my mom would just get under my skin and I would lose. I would throw to my mom playing Sindel and I knew I could beat her. I was really good. If it wasn't Johnny Cage, I might jump over to, I guess, Melina. Was she in the mm-hmm. trilogy? I think so. But I yeah. would like vacillate between those two and my mom would beat my ass. And I would be like, <laughs> excuse my French. But my you're good. Let threw. it fly. It made me throw because the way she would just get tease me. I'll tell <laughs> you, like, that's my relationship with the trilogy game specifically because the memories are so strong <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your role as a like, esports director and a coach you are doing this what what's your coaching method like how do you feel like esports and like how do you approach coaching esports versus what you feel like normal coaches coach with, like another sport my coaching style it it definitely leans more towards a counselor and a coach in some ways because I'm not an expert in any of the games that the students play currently. Again, my background was in uh, StarCraft II, and even that, I wasn't like the world's best. And before that, I just played like fighting games when I was younger. I played fighting games and went to Chinatown Fair, and like I played with people. Didn't mean I was good, though. <laughs> so I would say I take real, I humble myself. I'm like, okay, how can I help these students? I do it through counseling them, making sure that they are well and able to do the thing that they love the most. Perspective comes from a student student level. I'm not coming from here. I'm coming from here. I want to make sure that they are equipped to do their job that they want to do. So I tend to, because also the structure of the program is unique, that we don't have anybody who's like a director. We have just the coach running the program. I have to do so much administration that I have a team captain for each game and they're very much centered to the conversation. So me being the counselor, I will help all of my students get to where they want to go by setting goals. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? How can I help you? Help them get the coaching they need, whether it's a service of like Gamer Sensei, Medify, or a local coach. If uh, we have some game specific coaching available in our region, we'll do that. But I'm there to make sure all the pieces fit make sure all the funds are going where they need to go and the students feel heard. So where I think I shine is helping students who have issues with like rage, gamer rage Mm -hmm. a little bit, people who are learning how to be leaders and just helping teach communication. So calm skills, but that comes from the counseling perspective. So if you can communicate better, you can also experience your emotions more healthily and 
and you can regulate yourself in a match or in real life. So we work on those kind of skills. And that's a very one-on-one -on -one experience. I can't counsel them as a counselor if there's a conflict of interest, but I help them get the resources they need. I talk them through general concepts. And for instance, I worked with a student who like tossed a mouse at a screen and broke it. And we walked through that together and we really talked about what the triggers were how can we lower that level in game where he came from even personally like from his family background and there's sometimes you have to take a deep dive with he's one of our best players and i'm like where is this coming from it's like a drive to perfection and there's anxiety piece in there and there's stuff like that i think my coaching excels from a different angle than most other coaches it's like personal wellness growth and letting the students be owners in the program they are responsible for what they do and I trust them. I help them equip themselves. That's really cool. They're learning valuable lessons. And like, it's not the gaming is supposed to come second anyways. It's growing as a person. So like, you're really like highlighting that, the, that level of teaching style. And I think that's very admirable. But, that's my aim, at least. I'm still <laughs> learning myself. Yeah, we all have to grow. And like, I'm sure you're adapting all the time because like person working with different personalities is always like its own issue in its own right. Like that's its own set of challenges. But I got a question for you for the people who aren't familiar with esports, like you for the gamers out there that aren't quite familiar with the games that y'all play what you have like division leaders for each game. Can you list out the different games? Oh, yeah. So our program currently has five active games and one that's like on hold for now because things are in, in flux. <clears throat> Excuse me. League of Legends, Rocket League, Overwatch, Valorant, and Smash Ultimate are our five active titles. Hearthstone is on hold. We're trying to see where we can go with that. We only have one player currently. And in collegiate, you have to have a team of three. So mm -hmm. he may do individual team play. So like individual uh, tournament play, actually. So we're going to wait until the spring to figure that one out. But five active, one waiting to launch back out. And I love each of those games. They're all like, like Valorant is our newest edition. We literally mm -hmm. just recruited the team as of September like 15th. So I'm glad that they're up and going and playing in games. So what's the recruiting process like for esports as opposed to what you might see for basketball or football? Yeah, it depends on the school and the resources. Mm -hmm. Esports is still trying to figure out what they can do and whether or not they wanted to emulate sports athletics side. So for us, because we don't offer like full-fledged scholarships like Harrisburg University does, like and they, there's not many schools that do anyway, so it's mm -hmm. maybe not a, a great comparison we all try to get from our student body a talent that already is existing and quiet on the sidelines because this program started from student interest up apparently there was a lot of students that asked for this to be developed and we found a donor and they don't supported the funding so we always go to our student body there's like a recruitment season in the summer tryouts by the end of summer and cementing the rosters by september but we do take students before they even enroll. We have just recently instituted some scholarships at Messiah's, a small stipend. If you sign up and you are intending to do esports, you will get fast-tracked onto the team. And I've evaluated them beforehand, so there's no need for a tryout. Okay. So they, we do get from the community some people who apply. So we got one of our really great Rocket League players that way. We got one of our, uh, actually two, League of Legends players, they were twins. Wow. 
high school. They just applied. They met me. We talked. We made something happen. So -hmm. we're starting to see a little bit more in that direction where we get some feelers out in the community for people who want to come to Messiah, but then really like maybe they need a push for Mm -hmm. reasons to come and esports might be their reason. So I think a lot of schools are that way. Some schools have more money to throw at students. It doesn't always mean that they're better. Really, sometimes it's just the formula of the team itself. So this year, I'm feeling really good. Like I said, before we even started this call, walked out of a another win for our Rocket League team second week in a row. I'm hoping we keep it up. We're looking pretty good this year and from a lot of angles. So as you, you talked about, like you had already previously scouted out people, so there's no need for tryouts in that aspect. What's scouting like? for like when you're scouting out these different talents? Is that like a nationwide thing or do you look locally? Like how do you find your talent pool? Our talent pool tends to be a little bit closer to home. So I'm, we'll say like, what's a comparable, like the middle states region, PA, Delaware, Maryland, New Jersey. If we get inquiries, I usually see that from those schools. And that makes sense. That's like the Mac tournament district, kind of what we align with. I try them out, but they have to fill out forms. So there's like tons of, not a lot, but enough that makes it, I know that they're intentionally going to want to play because they have to go through the hoops of signing up for once, <laughs> putting together their own portfolio. Here's my Twitch stream. Here's my YouTube. Here's some clips of when I play. Here's my Twitter. I play at this rank. They have to state their rank. They have to give me their history. So the twins I mentioned from League of Legends, they Evan and Sean already were on their esports team in their high school, which isn't far from where we live. And Mm -hmm. I knew that they were a great fit because they were already leadership in that program. They had ranked pretty well and played in some competitions. One of them, I think, was like hosted by the Army or the Navy. They've been playing like some really good competitions, playing pretty well. So you can just tell. I can smell who's going to be probably a good call. Everyone... I get beforehand generally has worked out really well. And you just because you have a longer amount of time to, to see and process them. The ones that I get from on campus, it's a mixed bag. Like more often than not, they're good, but they need a lot of development or some of them drop because they didn't realize it was as much in work um, as work. they anticipated. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's almost it's being an athlete, basically. And there's mm-hmm. more work to being an athlete than a lot of people realize. So yeah. You were, you talked about, you got this, you knew these kids played into high school. Do you feel like a lot more high schools are involving esports into into their high school curriculum and programs? Yeah, more and more there are schools being interested in that approach to keeping their students active, healthy, even after school hours, because that's always Mm -hmm. a concern. What are our students doing after school? Are they using their time wisely, doing something that they want to do? So Esports is a nice kind of into, hey, I may not be on the soccer team, but I can play on the League of Legends team. So that's a cool thing. And sometimes they do both, quite frankly. So that's a cool thing, too. I did work with a company for about a year that was doing some fundraising in PA, and they got a $500,000 grant to help develop and incubate programs in high school. So, yeah, there's definitely money out there, and it's starting to revolve in the community in ways that you wouldn't even know unless someone told you so (laughs) keep your eyes and ears out even check your local schools i'm not sure where you're at but i'm sure there's going to be a bunch of schools that have. yeah in texas it's coming up it it is yeah for sure 
Yeah. Quick question then. You we talked about some of the like your area in like specifically of how the esports how the esports is starting to grow. Do you foresee like what games do you foresee becoming new staples in the esports community? Oh, like I mentioned, the Valorant is our mm-hmm. newest program ad and it's definitely the newest esports sensation in the past couple of years since it came out of beta into a full form. That one is popping off for sure. In terms of anything new on the horizon, can't say for sure yet. Overwatch 2 comes out in a week. Yeah. That's the probably the next one, but I think Blizzard has a lot to prove to the community mm-hmm. about their maintain, maintaining this game and making it strong because they're shifting from a six-man roster to a five-man roster mm-hmm. for teams, and we already have felt the pull and our team's like, how do we orient to the style and what's that going to look like? Blizzard had some like bad rap, you know, professionally with handling some HR nightmares. So a yeah, lot of stuff sure. people are feeling eh on that level, but eh also on competitive level. Can they maintain a game? Because like, why is League of Legends, Riot Games still maintaining this game from 2010 to now? Whatever, I think it was like 2010 that came out. Now, functionally, and StarCraft pretty much is like, a uh, for funsy smaller there's tons of competitive people still in it but just it's a small niche very name hearthstone is like in the middle and overwatch was their biggest title with all of this overwatch league investment they put so much into it and a lot of people have felt disappointed by it so i feel as if overwatch 2 is the next chance to really grab a community and if they don't we're gonna have some conversations there so it's a for me 2023 is going to be watching the further development of valorant its first collegiate season as we kick off and then seeing how overwatch 2 coalesces both collegiate and pro so on the speaking of pro the fighting game community is really big in the esports do you foresee titles like street fighter or even like tekken entering in on the collegiate level yeah that really is a difficult question because it's more about what do schools allow and i'm trying to think how to frame this because for instance my school is a christian college they have certain asks for games it took a lot of effort just to get valorant in our because it's a shooter roster because it's a shooter you have to say there's a lot of fantastical elements that it's almost like laser tag as opposed Mm -hmm. to something like csgo which is very yeah clearly a simulated war environment so that wasn't a very difficult conversation so something like something like mortal Kombat is just not gonna fly it's just no. not never gonna happen never gonna happen because of the content something like street fighter maybe i don't i feel like there would be enough to say yeah but do we have the community for it not sure also fighting is a much harder to arrange sports style tournaments remotely for because we all know wi-fi is horrible Oh, yeah. uh, for fighting it's just frame lag everything you're just in a bad situation so even my smash players they do their best but they prefer in-person lands um to mm-hmm. play the wi-fi they always they complain if you're a heavy character you might survive better on wi-fi and maybe you don't play heavies maybe you play zoners but you can't really as much play it on wi-fi for certain i'm trying to like you still there i think uh, oh, okay cool yeah no it's all right my video cut out said we're it's okay. Here, I'll send but, you another uh, one really quick. Yeah, no uh, worries. 
Do you want me to kind of stop and answer that question again? No, like I'll have, I will have B-roll playing in that one. So you will have like clips of maybe Street Fighters oh, or okay. Super Smash Brothers playing in that one. So sure, sure. don't worry about it. Yeah. So I you were saying like, that? Say that it, no, I was just going to say it really just depends on the school. I would really like more of a Street Fighter scene to begin like with the new Street Fighter coming out. My, my hope would be to see people do more with that. It looks good. Like the early trailers of it looked really good i was excited yeah growing up that was a big title for us just in our local community we want to see it play more on a national level too so my one of the things i was like thinking about with sports is that with with especially on the collegiate level do you feel like there's a lot of expenses there that you didn't like know about that is this an expensive program to run or do you feel like this is a program that's similar to soccer to where it's not like super expensive? So like every school should probably be able to integrate this without having a huge financial risk involved. Let me slow down because I tend to like, oh, it says invalid meeting ID. Oh, um, hold on. Let me see. That's okay. Let's see what happens. Let me try again. Let me see if that one works change that buys me more time to think my answer <laughs> we can change the question by the way i'm like that was spur of the moment kind of question no it's anyway. okay it's not i can definitely answer that question it's just like how do i tastefully answer it also mm -hmm. i'm still thinking about johnny cage and my mom slapping me so i'm kind of like <laughs> you're gonna have to call her after this i will because i love my mom but also because i have some beef with her right now so <laughs> I'll probably tell Add them that mom, to I know where the Nintendo 64 is. We're taking it back out. Recording and if it still works, then we are going to have it down when I come back up the screen. That's yeah, funny. She's not going to play Mortal Kombat 11, but we'll pull out the old <laughs> Nintendo 64. That's um, funny. But yeah, to answer your question about collegiate expenses, it's pricey if you want a good program. It doesn't cost a lot if you want to just keep it as a student-led experience, but you still have to, if you want them to play somewhere, you have to buy the equipment at the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact the amounts of money that went into our program was a lot just for the equipment. You're going to look at minimum fifty dollars to $100,000 for a decent lab set of mm -hmm. PCs, monitors, headphones, things like that. But if you want to have administration, anybody running the program is going to be more. But it's doable if you just want to support your student leaders who have their own computers and running it under your name. I'm sure there's ways you can do it much cheaper. But you probably won't have the same success as a school that puts money into it. $500,000 or something into their program. There's construction costs and things like that. But you can obviously just outfit an old computer lab, which many schools do, by the way, and slap a logo on and that'll be fine. Um, it really just depends. I think for my purposes, I've seen things done very cheaply well, and I've done them seen, I've seen them done very expensively poorly. You have to have the right person behind your project. That makes sense. So my last question for you, and what would you say to any aspiring esports gamers, especially like people who want to get involved in the collegiate level, what advice would you give to them? So... Anybody who wants to get involved in esports has to check themselves really closely and ask themselves if they are wanting to do this because they want to make a career out of it or if they want to just really invest in their passion. Because investing in your passion looks a little bit different than 
doing something for a career. Your passion could be being a TO at a local smash event. It could look like being a maybe just a volunteer liquipedia editor or something like that. And you're still going to be involved in esports, but you're not going to be making money off it. But if you want to do it as a career, you have to really figure out what your skills are, invest in them, and don't necessarily only think of the esports pathways to do that. You, I, what I just mentioned, the volunteerism aspect is how I got into it. I didn't get paid to write or edit anything for the CSL for quite some time. So sometimes you do have to put some elbow grease in and build a portfolio. So that's fine. And that's probably still the best way to get your foot in the door. But you still need to be thinking, hey, if I'm in high school or college right now, do I want to apply my energy to being a really good graphic designer and then figure out how to pull a portfolio for esports. That's probably going to get you more hits now that more and more talented people are in this industry. If I, like for instance, there's sports broadcasting at Messiah and we have esports players in that program. They're learning how to do sports broadcasting and things like that, journalism, while also developing their skills somewhere else. So I think you have to figure out what your passion is, not just in esports, but what are my talents? What can I do well and what can I sell well when it comes to going into this industry? Because I've helped people do things based on their existing skills and not just because they had an esports background. They walked in being good writers of something else. So then you can easily teach them the ropes in esports. Do a deep dive into yourself. Do I really want to make a career out of this or do I want to just help the scene? And that you can easily do without too much effort. But if I want to make a career out of it, maybe I do have to help the scene a little bit, but I have to know what I want to do when I do that. That makes sense. Two to your answer. No, that's some, that makes sense. That's a lot of good advice too. I like, I have one last question. You've written about PlayStation for a very long time. What is your favorite PlayStation game of all time? Is it God of War? Is hmm. it Last of Us? Is it Crash Bandicoot? What do you got for me? That's tough. My favorite PlayStation game of all time, all PlayStations. The one I have the most fond memories of is probably Tekken Tag, the first okay. one. I have Solid a lot, very solid memories playing with my friends and high school that game i'm like almost 40 years old so i'm dating myself there but that's like a real <laughs> kicker for me but yeah it usually comes back to the fighting games because the community aspect okay okay i like that so do you feel like that's your favorite genre of like games because of the your like nostalgia for them Probably in terms of where I go to my home for watching competitive, I tend to watch fighting game tournaments way more. I tend to just being in that area a bit more. But in terms of what I actively play these days, it might look a little different. So if I were to say non-competitive games, I would say like The Witcher 3 might be my favorite PlayStation title. But really Tekken, I, I can't wait for Tekken 8. I'm like <laughs> ready for that. Even if I just play arcade and get the story down, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to play Tekken. Tekken is just... So good. And when I lived in Korea and like we were playing Tekken in the arcades, it was, I couldn't even step foot with a single Korean player. I would just, just like to be around it. I just like to be <laughs> around the FGC. They're great people. And that's cool. cool. That's cool. So before we go, where can the good people find you? 
can find me on Twitter at Teresa Gaffney. I tend to update infrequently, but I'm pretty active with others. So feel free to connect if you have any questions, comments about esports. Would love to help you get to where you're going. If you're looking any further, you can find me on LinkedIn. We can talk shop about other things. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram through my esports program at Messiah Esports. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more about anything with everyone. And thank you for talking to me, Sebastian. It was a great chat. No, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for taking the time to do this. And I'd love to have you back on anytime you're available. So once y'all win that championship, no jinxing you. But once you win the championship this year, hit me up. I'd love to have you back on the show. I would love to. So yeah, let's do that. (laughs) It sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for the time. And I'll catch you on the next one. For sure. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to remind you that you can get Notable Nerds every single Thursday, and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community. If you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others, join us on the Pro Nerd Report Facebook group. Once you're in, go ahead and provide some feedback. The link to join us in the Pro Nerd Report free Facebook group is in the show notes. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. Holla at your boy later. Peace.